Hi, everybody, and welcome to another installment, season five of the AO-GP.org Outside of the Church podcast. I am your co-host, Jonathan Burke, here with Jason Roba. Today's podcast we have titled, interestingly enough, Your Body and You. Now, why would we title a podcast, Your Body and You? Now, uh, for our new listeners... We should probably start off with that, Jason. You wanna, you wanna take that 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 preamble there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought this would be nice, uh, a nice caveat. Of yesterday's podcast where we were talking about um, the state of OT, the state of being an operating thetan and being at cause over the body. And as uh, I was mentioning to you before we started recording here, I thought it'd be a cool idea, um, an interesting idea, and have some valuable information. For folks to, uh, you know, we could talk about, um, you know, how to be more at cause over the body. Because while we while we have one, it's still there. We still have considerations about it. Despite what anybody will tell us, we're always, for the most part, going <laughs> to have one to take care of here. Um, so this, again, you know, it also is a nice uh, caveat off of the um, the dopamine podcast and everything we did. So this would be a good yeah. sure it's something yeah. we all have a lot of attention on our bodies. I, I know I certainly do sometimes. And, um, yeah, this is something we can all relate to. Even our friends listening to us from, uh, from within OSA. <laughs> that is the office of special affairs inside the church. So very special affairs, uh, very special affairs. Uh, so yeah, so here you go. You, you are a, a being who controls you, you, you can be in the body if you want to per, uh, LRH. Uh, but it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. It's more like the body is a sliver in your thumb, not the other way around. Right. And this is very important for people to understand. And when we did the, uh, how to introduce Scientology to your friends in new ways podcast, we were talking about how you can do the little drill with people to show them that they are outside of their body. Well, okay. So they're outside of their body. They're, they're in they are themselves. They are not out of valence. Otherwise, they see through through their the body's eyes. And this is how this whole thing works. You're three feet in back of your head per per Hubbard, and or off to the right or to the left doesn't doesn't really matter. But you're dealing with, and this is this is the crux of the matter is is you're dealing with a composite being. So if you imagine a bus going down the road. And you have a bus driver, and you're you're the bus driver, and the bus is your body. You have uh, certain constituents in that body, uh, of which there are a few different types. Uh, one of them is mentioned without going any 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 kind of confidential is mentioned on the milestone one lectures that you can find on our SoundCloud account and listen to those. We'll we'll get into that. Here in a bit, we're going to approach it from that perspective, not from a confidential perspective. And then the other is genetic entities. So, where do we go from here, Jason? Well, I'll just say before we get into the milestone one stuff, which I, I'll just tell everybody that's that's so far my favorite lecture series of uh, of Ron's. I, I just really thoroughly enjoy those, and I want to go back and listen to them probably a third time now. But um, 
I would like to go with this one is the fact that something I've observed myself uh, is that the body's always going to bull bait you. It's it's always going to want to pull attention in so that it's the center of attention as far as what I've observed. No matter what gender, no matter what age, no matter what anything, it's, it's going to do what it can uh, to get your attention, to, to make things, <laughs> to, to make your attention fixated on it. And there are various ways to uh, combat that, you know, to have good uh, control, to have good um, uh, discipline so that the body's not always such a bull baiter like that. But it's just something that, that I've observed. Um, and I, I'm not sure how much of that uh, we want to get into with the uh, the Milestone 1 stuff there with, with talking about some of those things. But as far as case stuff goes, you know, getting getting certain things out of the way, doing either Dianetics or doing the, you know, doing the grades can really help uh, clear some of those issues up so that there's not as much attention on that part of the composite case. Right. And that's, that's, that's another aspect of it is, is you've got the, the below clear, you've got the di- Dianetic case. Mm-hmm. And this, this is a, an important factor to bring up. Um, probably in order of operations, that would probably be the best uh, part of the composite case to address first, which is you, the Dianetic aspects of it, where um, you have different psychosomatic illnesses that are impacted upon the body. Uh, you know, it could be a broken leg, it could be an operation, it could be any number of things that affect the body. And that is part of the case there where you have an engram in that particular area and it'll it'll show up on the meter. Uh, we have a form that we use, a pre-assessment form that we assess on the meter to find out what kind of engram it is, how it shows up, whether it's, you know, from heat or from a break or from any number of things. And that's how you approach the case in Dianetics. So these ridges occur on the body. So Uh you could have, let's say you punched your fist through a wall out of anger at some point and your knuckles constantly hurt. Well, when you do that sort of a thing and it's, it's, it's an engram, you develop ridges and ridges are basically where you have one force going one way and one force coming from another. And they meet and they create a standing wave in the middle. And these ridges affect the body in in a myriad number of ways. Uh, Joints in particular tend to develop arthritis when ridges are present. This is is a a very interesting aspect of dietetics is, you know, how, how do all of these different body problems occur? So with a composite case and looking at it from the Dianetics uh, vector or angle, you're looking at a lot of ridges that have occurred because of a force inward. Force is what causes these engrams because the body is very sensitive. It's very touchy. You're dealing with a body that, uh, from what, from what Hubbard says, and I mean, you know, it's, it's just factual, you're dealing with it, it, it's it's very particular. It has to have a set temperature. It has to have a set air pressure. Uh, you know, it can only operate at a certain 
uh, blood pre- pressure rate within a fine band. So it's it's a very touchy thing in that this body has, and I don't know how many of our listeners know about this, and it, it might be fun to to list these off as well, is did you know that you have in the body 50 some odd perceptions? Yeah. Because your body is bas- body is basically a sensor array. Mm-hmm. And that sensor array is, you know, it's like walking around, well, you know, like your, your smartphone has a bunch of sensors in it. You know, it's got the uh, near field sensor and it's got, you know, all smartphones have an FM AM radio in them. Mm-hmm. All smartphones have uh, Bluetooth and it senses via radio waves in the, in the Bluetooth part of the spectrum. Uh, and, and you can, you can, they all have barometers in them too. I don't know if people knew that, but your cell phone has a barometer in it. So the body is, is not so dissimilar, but it's got 52 sensors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could delineate those, but uh, it's a long list. And all of these these sensors. Uh, do you want to you want to go over that? Sure. Yeah, I think people would find that fascinating. Um, so, give us the list of perceptions. All right. So that, this, uh, that, yeah, okay. that we have. Yeah. So this is from uh, CS Series One Hundred One List of Perceptics. This is HCO Bullet Twenty Three July Nineteen Seventy Eight. For anybody wanting to look it up. So there are fifty seven of them. Uh, Time, sight, taste, color, depth, solidity, that's barriers, relative sizes, external, sound, pitch, tone, volume, rhythm, smell, and that's the sense of smell has four subdivisions, which are categories of the type of odor. Touch, and those are divided into pressure, friction, heat or cold, oiliness, Personal emotion, endocrine states, awareness of awareness, personal size, organic sensation, including hunger, heartbeat, blood circulation, cellular and bacterial position, gravitic, self and other weights, motion of self, motion exterior, body position, joint position, internal temperature, external temperature, balance, muscular tension, saline content of self, body, Fields, magnetic, time track motion, physical energy, personal wariness, etc. Self-determinism, relative on each dynamic, moisture, self, sound direction, emotional state of other organs, personal position on the tone scale, affinity, self and others, communication, self and others, reality, self and others, emotional state of groups, compass direction, level of consciousness, pain, Perception of conclusions, past and present. Perception of computation, past and present. Perception of imagination, past and present. Perception of having perceived, past and present. Awareness of not knowing. Awareness of importance, unimportance. Awareness of others. Awareness of location and placement, and that's divided into masses, spaces, and location itself. Perception of appetite, and number 57 is kinesthesia. 57 of them. Yeah. So these are all of the perceptions that a body, a being has with a body. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're saying the, 
uh, the smartphone has its, uh, I forgot what they call them, but it's also they've got those sensors that determine which way the phone is facing. If you've got it held uh, upright or in landscape. Yeah. Got yeah. The, with the gyroscope. Gyroscope. Yeah. And then it can, mm-hmm. it's got a number of sensors in there. Um, and it's just, you know, as I think here's one of the, you mentioned to me several months ago, it was in one of the, um, 19, I think it was a 1963, uh, lecture from the St. Hill special briefing course where he talks about the different types of bodies out there. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we've got these meat bodies that we're in, but there's been the doll bodies, there's been hybrid, uh, machine and meat bodies, and there's just machine bodies. You talked mm-hmm. about uh, one of those on a recent podcast and it's just, it seems like we're coming not to go off on too far of a tangent again, but it seems like we're coming close again to the ability uh, Tra- transhumanism as they've yeah. been calling it lately. Yeah, yeah. Right. The, 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 um, combination of the meat body with electronics and this has happened on the time track many a time. And it seems like we're getting close to that again, as, as there are machines that are, um, complex enough for awareness to go into. Like if, if somebody can project their awareness into a doll, you know, somebody can project their awareness into a machine or into a smartphone. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, they're, with this this whole AI thing that they they they've been doing with the uh, MRI machines and everything like that, where they're they're mapping out the brain and their the AI is is at a point where it's sort of like where Mid Journey was, or maybe a little little earlier, where if a person thinks of a certain thing, they can render what it is the person is thinking of to a certain degree based off of what they're looking at in in the brain scan in the body. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's that's the technology that they're they're making aware to the public. So advance that by 75 years it is. is usually the rule of thumb and that's what they really have. Right. So uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a brave new world everybody. Right. right. Um so you know as far as a body goes it is Hubbard says the definition of a silly optimist is is a person who thinks that you're going to feel good in a meat body every day. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because there's you know it's 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 humidity, there's temperature, there's air pressure. You know these people say you know all oh, my my joints are aching, must be a storm coming in, type of a thing. Well, that's barometric pressure affecting the body. Yeah, and and the the interesting thing that that this leads to is, is that you, you can get on a meter as a solo auditor and the body can have a thought mm-hmm. the genetic entities in the body can have a thought. You've probably seen them. Oh yeah. Well, and you're like, what's that? That wasn't yeah. me. And it wasn't what you were auditing. It was the body and the body's like hungry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what is that? When I was doing OT2, the, there's these reads, I know the speed and needle motion, needle characteristic of my reads and I'd yeah. see- He's real sluggish, like reads. So. Yeah, yeah. That- it's like the like the caveman, you know, responding to whatever you know, whatever its 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 desire or need is. Is that you can tell on a meter that the uh, well, you describe it. What, what what's the difference between your reads and the and the body's reads? Yeah, like the one I was just describing there of like I mine my instant read. I see the the needle dart to the to the right really quickly, and there's a it's just there's a certain speed. That, that mine my reads look like and then there's i've noticed there's like a uh, a slower not so instant read that's kind of sticky and gooey like the needles having to move through 
molasses to get the reed off of it. And, you know, I've had some, at first they were just like these kind of maybe a tick or a, a, a small fall. And then I had these really long falls that were gooey looking. They're just, they yeah. just have this really like, uh, slowed down. Yeah. molasses kind of, kind of reed. Yep. And it was, it's usually a little bit latent. Uh, it's like, I, it's, it, I can tell it's, it's not, it's not what we're defined as an instant read, but it, it shows right. up. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they, they're, they're sort of arid reeds. Yeah. You know, arid, they, yeah. They, you, know you, you, it's sort of like if there was another person in the room, they interjected something into the, the conversation on the needle on the dial. Yeah. And you know, it, it, it has, depending on what it is that you're auditing, uh, the, the, the needle state, as we will call it, is different. And you can kind of see, oh, that's participant A, and oh, this is participant B, and this is me. Yep. So yep. this is where, and this is how Hubbard came up with the understanding of these different things back in 1952 with the old Matheson meter, tube meter the size of a bread box. And delineated this stuff out in the milestone one lectures that we were talking about a while ago and then also um history of man yeah fascinating stuff yeah yeah first so time with yeah go first ahead. time you could pick these up you know everybody you know a smattering of people getting on the cans uh having the same incidents on their track without um oh. without uh being prompted to look for them you know so i yeah I, I think it's so cool the way he was able to scout these things out. And, um, you know, he talks about heavy facsimile one there in, uh, um, the milestone one lectures as well as in the history of man. <laughs> and, and I know for mm-hmm. that one, you know, the body gets that one keyed in. I think for me, it's this, uh, I've got this microphone with a, a, um, a pop filter in front of my face. And I think that's actually what re-stimulates in my facsimile mm-hmm. me when I do these podcasts. I, after we end up doing these for about 20 minutes, I start getting the, uh, the pressure on my face. And I think it's actually this pop filter right in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hubbard says here in the history of man, the genetic entity or the GE, as we call it, is the second area of address. This is the entity which carries forward from the earliest formation of the, the physical meat, matter, energy, space, and time body. It is this entity, which has the genetic line engrams. It's located more or less in the center of the body, the stomach, but it is actually a composite of all the cellular experience on, on the line or the time track line. It has the manifestation of a single identity. Uh, out of all the past experiences with the MEST, again, matter, energy, space, and time, we Scientologists love our acronyms, body, it makes, us, makes up a form, a working car- carbon oxygen engine, it has no real personality, is not the I of the body. It has a record in many cases of the entire experiences forward until the last life. Eugenic entity has a record of past deaths. Auditing it alters physical structure, eradicates physical malformations. And this is where, this is where it, it, the, the distinction needs to be made that when you're auditing in a, in a regular Scientology auditing session at the under, under clear you're auditing the composite being, which is you and all the clowns in the bus. Mm-hmm. I like to I like to make the analogy of you have a bag of marbles. Some of them are cat's eyes. Some of them are, are you know different colors. And some are a little bit bigger than others. 
take that bag of marbles and you drop it out on the floor. Mm -hmm. And so that's the composite case. That's the genetic entity. That's you. That's the milestone one stuff all there. And what you're doing with auditing is you're taking that, that big mess of marbles on the floor and you're taking a marble and you're putting it, starting a line. Grab one marble, grab another marble and space it between the next one by about a half an inch, an inch. And what you're doing with auditing is you're taking these marbles and you're putting order into disorder generally, mm -hmm. which will affect the genetic entity, like he says here. Uh, auditing it alters physical structure, eradicates physical malformations. And this is where Dianetics comes in, because in Dianetics, newer Dianetics and, and original uh, Dianetics from 1950, uh, standard Dianetics being new era Dianetics, modern Dianetics, what you're doing is you're auditing the composite being. So it's like, okay, everybody in the room, listen up. We're going to run an engram, right? Hey, everybody in the room, listen up. We're going to run some uh, recall processes using ARC straight wire. Recall the time you saw a wildflower. What was the smell? And so everybody in the room says collectively, whatever the answer is, it was a, a fragranty, flowery smell. Okay, good. Or you're running an engram. It doesn't it it? What you're doing is you're running it as a general thing. Good. And that's what happens is, is you're either auditing all, some, or one particular part of the composite case. So in this case here, if it's genetic entity, you're going to have, it's going to eradicate physical malformations, alter physical structure. And the thing with auditing is, is that um, back in the seventies, for example, I've never seen this in a, in a folder except one time. And it was an old, old folder uh, at Kansas City Org back in 1989. And it was from the early 70s. And this is back, well, they, I'm sure some people are familiar with Polaroid cameras. They were the instant cameras where you would take a picture and it would come out on, on uh, I don't know how many inches it was. It was probably what, by four, four inches by, by six inches or something like that. Because it had that little holding area at the bottom, so you would you would take a Polaroid picture of somebody's face, and they would take that Polaroid and they would cut it in half, and they would put it in the folder and and tack it down with some sticky glue, sticky tape, and put it in the PC folder, and so you had this this hemisphere right hemisphere left of the face. And then they would put it on another, on a, a lower down on the page as the person got auditing. And you would, you would see the, the, the facial hemispheres change right. as auditing progressed from what they looked like in the beginning to what they look like, you know, as long as they were taking pictures. And then in this particular one, I think there was maybe four pictures there. And there was a significant change that you wouldn't see if you saw the whole face as one face, but hemispherically, you could see that the eyes would move. Look. Uh, tip, typically, most people's eyes, one eye is higher than the other Look. type of a thing. And so you'd see this reorientation. This is what he's talking about as far as with the genetic entity, uh, that it alters physical structure and eradicates physical malformations. And he says, 
But these can be otherwise changed by auditing the theta being. That's yep. the, yeah, the thetan in charge, in other words. Well, for, uh, let's see here, I lost my place. The genetic entity facsimiles include a transfer of somatics from past theta beings, for it is not common for a genetic entity to have the same theta being twice. So what that means is every time you pick up a body, you either you either won the lottery or you didn't. Mm-hmm. Because when you pick up a body as a being, it has the guys, it's sort of like a, um, you get you, you buy a ship and with the ship comes a crew. Right. Yep. So you use that ship until the ship sinks or it is decommissioned and uh, mothballed and then taken apart and the crew goes somewhere else. Well, it's the same thing with the body. Hopefully you the have, mutiny. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully the crew doesn't do a mutiny. And it's a really bad idea to to audit genetic entities because what happens is when you audit genetic entities, they kick up a fuss. Hubbard says, "Don't do that." You, you know, you don't want to audit a genetic entity, and it stops the heart. And then, well, guess what? Game over. Yep. So we don't audit. We don't audit genetic entities directly. But uh, to get 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 back to the the point is is that when you pick up a body from lifetime to lifetime you're not going to have the same ship's crew every time right you might have might have had a guy that ran the heart really well you know and you know and and, and there there are several genetic entities in the body mm-hmm. okay. it says l- later on so and they're they're all responsible for different areas so you got got the guy that's down down below that works in the engine room you got the guy that uh takes care of the uh, sales up on top of the deck. And then you have the guy that takes care of the bilge pump and, you know, that sort of a thing. And then there's the guy that, that works in the galley and, and makes, makes dinner and processes it and everything to cook that type of thing. Same thing with the body. So yeah. if you win the lottery, you have really robust, really healthy, they're in good, what we would call case shape genetic entities. And the body is a workhorse. You know, I could say with my body this lifetime, it has served me well. I mean, really well. I have a a uh, a very robust, stout crew on my ship, mm-hmm. and they 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 are uh, they're easy easy to easy to work with, and they they run the body well. And I don't have any physical problems. But then again, you know, I've done my OT levels and everything like that. But even before then. Um, there weren't, there weren't a lot of physical problems, but if you're not so lucky and you lose the lottery and let's say, well, uh, worst case, well, let's not say worst case scenario, you might have MS, right? You might have, um, arthritis. You might have, uh, IBS. You might have a host of things. Well. And a lot of this has to do with the nature of the genetic entities. Now, that notwithstanding, um, you also have the, the milestone one stuff, you know, that you have to deal with as well. So this whole thing gets sorted out in auditing generally through Dianetics mm-hmm. and you're not addressing the GE, you're not addressing the milestone one stuff. You're, you're, you are addressing you as a fate, the fate in charge that he says here. So, uh, let's see here. The GE is the constant and continual workhorse of the theta body. It regulates the heartbeat, takes care of all such responses, 
acts as a stimulus response mind to avoid pain and discover pleasure and keeps the body running in general. The GE departs from the body much later than the theta beings abandon one. So when you die, you, you, you get off of the ship and you're like, bye ship. And the GEs, they stick around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says the GE departs from the body much later than the theta beings abandon one sees it through the death to the end and only then leaves to join the line once more two or three days before conception. This is the mind of an animal, a dog or a cat or a cow. Mm-hmm. So th- this is this is what you're dealing with here is is the crew sticks around for a while and and you know uh, sometimes they stick around for even longer than that. it just it just depends. That's the 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 quote unquote animal brain that you hear about all the time in the the psychology today and all that stuff. Whereas it's not the the being the thetan, right? And I would say that's probably what uh, a lot of the uh, spiritual people talk about when they're talking about speaking with their ancestors, where they have these connections to um, you know whatever heritage that they're part of, and they have communion with these seemingly other beings. We're probably talking genetic entities, right? Yeah, well, I mean, listen. Here's here's the deal on the on your OT, your new OT five. Uh, one of the things that you you run into, and I'm not saying anything confidential here. It's just a phenomenon that occurs. There's a particular uh, step that you do on that uh, with with another auditor because new OT five is where you're being audited by a class nine auditor. You're not doing this solo. And I highly recommend doing that <laughs> that way. Uh, um, what happens is, is you will see, you know how you, you look at a mirror, you have a two mirrors in front of you, one in front of you and one behind you, and you get that never-ending mirror effect? Yeah. This is one of the things that you run into on this this line with these with the Milestone 1 stuff. Uh, is you will see this jumping from you to your dad and from your dad to your grandma and from your grandma to your and it's sort of like that double mirror thing and you'll see it through the eyes of these people as a double mirror type of a thing as these things progress down the line they get passed on and this is what he's talking about here as far as uh you know they they can they can be in a body and then they go right before conception. But some of these things stick with the genetic line in a family for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, I, there's a lot that occur when I was doing uh, one of the implant GPMs on um, OT2. I, I, cause my dad had done it. My dad's done OT2 and I saw mm-hmm. it as if he was running it. And I'm right. like, oh, I've run, no, I, who's the, oh, that's my dad. Oh, I've seen right. you know, running this one, you know, actually hearing his voice, you know, saying the, uh, <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really interesting to see, mm-hmm. and that's the neat thing about the the uh, OT five is that Hubbard says, okay, we're this in this this particular step you're going to do this, and this particular step you're going to do this. Now this step, these are the things you're going to see, mm-hmm. and there might be fourteen different things, different phenomena, and you'll see most, if not all, of those phenomena on that step, and on the next step, same thing. There's all these phenomena, okay. And you'll see these things. Now, to get back to it, he says, and this is still, uh, this is page 13 in History of Man, bottom paragraph. He says, there are injected entities 
are the third class of target. These are actually synthetics. They are ridges, remember we talked about ridges earlier, that think, quote unquote, they form a very complex pattern. They have geographical areas in the body. Remember how I was saying they, they're, you know, they're in different parts of the body? Um, these areas are standard, pre-clear to pre-clear. These areas answer up on an e-meter like actual minds rather than compartments of a mind. The areas are the center, R-E, not E-R, forehead and down, the right inside from the edge of the jaw halfway out to the shoulder, the right outside from halfway to the shoulder to the point of the shoulder, the left inside opposite from the right inside, the left outside opposite from the right outside, and the stomach entity, which you were mentioning earlier, located in the area of the solar plexus. Remember? we, <laughs> Yep. So, plus various other entities held in by these basic entities. So, you have some entities that are holding in other entities. So you have a, an org board, an organizing board of guys holding other guys. More on that in another podcast. Mm-hmm. These entities run off their own past deaths on other time tracks, hold sections of the body paralyzed, bar areas from being audited, withhold information from I, that's you and me, the Thetan in charge, and do other mischief. They are actually the basis of demon circuits, which is in the technical dictionary as covered in Dianetics, Modern Science of Mental Health. Now, since we're on that topic, let's look up demon circuits, because this is very interesting when it's dealing with your body and you. Well, these are Here's what he says. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, these, yeah, these are, these are the, uh, these are the injected entities. Well, he says, uh, demon circuit. That mental mechanism, this is definition one, that mental mechanism set up by an engram command, which becoming re-stimulated and supercharged with secondary engrams, secondary engrams are losses, takes over a portion of the analyzer and acts as an individual being. Any command containing you and seeking to dominate it or nullify the individual's judgment is potentially a demon circuit. It doesn't become a real live demon circuit until it becomes keyed in and picks up secondary engrams and locks. Two, a heavily charged portion of the analytical mind which has been captured by the reactive mind and does its bidding walled off by charge into a separate entity. Now, the analytical mind, Hubbard says in 1961, they didn't have a name for it is what he says. This is on the briefing course. The analytical mind is you, the Thetan in charge. So let me read that again with that in mind. He says, a heavily charged portion of the analytical mind, which has been captured by the reactive mind and does its bidding walled off by charge into a separate entity. So it's sort of like a split from you. Yeah. Three, any circuit that vocalizes your thoughts for you that's not natural. It's installed mechanism from engrams and it slows up thought. That's what a demon circuit is. Very interesting. So yeah. let me read this again with that definition in mind where he says this here. Uh, he says, and I'll back up a hair. He says, these entities run off their own past deaths on other tracks. Old sections of the body paralyzed, bar areas from being audited, withhold information from I, the Thetan in charge, and do other mischief. They are actually the basis of demon circuits as covered in Dianetics, Modern Science, and Mental Health. And they mirror the personality of persons antipathetic to the preclear. And what was our 
second to the last podcast about valences. Valences. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This folks. So you're not gonna get this anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna get this anywhere else. Th- this this Deep- is eons beyond anything else that has existed for I don't know how long yeah. planet or anywhere. Yeah. And, you're, and he wrote this he wrote this book in nineteen freaking fifty two. Yeah. And that is yeah, right. I, okay. I just have to just reiterate again that like you're not gonna find this anywhere else. I, anything else no. find. No. Yeah, and he, he goes on and he says, uh this is really interesting here. And and we might lose some people on this, but it's 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 the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh he says uh they are entirely stimulus response. Each one has from preclear to preclear the same personality in the same body positions. The right inside for answers, for instance, answers up to the name of crew chief. That's right, crew chief. They are male and female. So basically what he's and I'm 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 gonna do an interpretation here. Yeah. Okay. Because he's not saying this here, and this would be blasphemy in the church. But what he's saying here is that if the right side inst- inside, for instance, answers up to the name of crew chief, why would it answer up to the name of crew chief? What is what is what's the tip off there? It's installed. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to have these guys in certain places in order for the bodies to work. Well, yeah. okay, so the body is 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 installed with these things, and and it actually has a name. One of them has a name, which is crew chief. They are male and female. Their source is probably quote unquote, a softened up theta being, and they disappear when electronic incidents are audited. Yeah. So this is, okay. So the nature of this, and boy, oh boy, are we getting into some wild territory with this podcast for people. So what you're looking at is you're looking at a whole system that was put in place long, long, long ago that you can't have a marionette puppet without certain things controlling it. It yeah. doesn't just require a Thetan in charge to do it. There has to be a composite case. That's the name of this podcast is Your Body and You. Uh-huh. Two, they're different things. Your body yeah. is a concatenation of things that have to be there in order for it to function. Right. So he says prior to their disappearance, they can exhibit a wonderful and awesome role in confusing the preclear. The auditor can move the attention of the preclear into one of these and audit it through a death or painful experience and so bring it up to present time. Mm-hmm. In view of the fact that auditing basic electronic incidents eradicates them, little attention need to be paid to them by the auditor beyond knowing that they are there, that they are the mysterious voices in the heads of some preclears, that they make critical or commanding remarks to him and serve in general as a fine source of aberration. So this brings us round to you are a composite being and not everything that you think wait for it not everything that comes into your mind comes from you so you know you see these people that are in the the uh, padded rooms and stuff like that well maybe they've just had a little too much going on in life and these things took over and they sat in the back seat or in the trunk of the, the the car for the time being uh-huh. He yeah. says paralysis, anxiety, stomachs, arthritis, which we mentioned earlier, 
and many ills and aberrations have been relieved by auditing them. An e-meter shows them up and makes them confess their misdeeds. They are probably just compartments of the mind which, cut off, begin to act as though they were a person. Here is an inexhaustible source of study and speculation, which I leave to another, having located the method of wiping them out without paying any attention to them. So, that's another class. So, so far, we've got injected entities and genetic entities. Mm-hmm. Next, next. Uh, did you want to add anything to that before we move on to the next category? I just, this is all fascinating to hear again. And I just, it, for when we're talking about the the naval analogy with this, the like Navy analogy, not belly button analogy, but uh, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't sail a ship without a crew, you know, you, right. can't, you can't have a, a, a computer or a smartphone without an operating system, you know. There's some That's right. And some operating systems are better than others. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And so it's just like that with the body. Like you, you got to have, you know, the different warrant officers on post uh, running the different, um, <laughs> the different functions. So adult, and yeah, one of them being called a crew chief. I was just literally thinking about how they all go around wearing a warrant officer bar on them. And then he says, mm-hmm. crew chief. I'm like, yeah, he probably had the same thought about it. You know, him having been a yeah. So you got your other commission officers around and you got, you got the the crew who are enlisted, and you've got really good enlisted crew who become warrant officers, right? Planted, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, it it is a concatenation. It is a composite case. Now here's here's where the Thetan in charge comes in. It says theta beings. And this is page fourteen of History of Man, nineteen seventies version. Theta beings are the fourth and only really important target for the auditor. The theta being is the I, Thetan in charge. It is who the preclear is. You you are and and you see this all the time where people say, "Well, me and my Phaeton. right there." It's the tip off. You go, "Yeah, they don't get it." No, because you don't have a Phaeton. You are a Phaeton. No, you be a Phaeton. You be a Phaeton. So, if all the entities and the beingnesses of the preclear were hydrogen balloons locked up inside him, and each had a name and identity, the auditor might be confused, and the preclear is confused as to who I is. You see this all the time with yeah. people. That's me saying that, not him. But if yeah. the preclear were suddenly opened and the balloons let loose, the I balloon would float free, clear, and unmistakable, and that I balloon would be the theta being. It would be who the preclear always thought he was anyway. Okay. All others are simply modifiers. Okay. And this goes back to the valences podcast as well, because the OCA, the personality test that we use, shows whose valence the person is in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show them. It shows whose valence they're in, which is what he's talking about here. Um, let's see here. He says again, all others are simply modifiers. The theta being does not get lost, it does not go away, it cannot be stolen. If it went away, the preclear would be with it and be it. The vagueness of personal identity is caused by the confusion of the theta being, not its inextricable entanglement with other identities. The theta being can be confused, excuse me, he says tanglement, not entanglement, but yeah. it is entanglement. I mean, come on, let's face it. Entanglement will serve. The theta being can be confused in itself. It can be hypnotized. It can go to sleep. It can experience emotions. It can think. 
It can feel pain. It is immortal in that it cannot die, right? Because it's not of this universe. But it could possibly become so burdened with facsimiles that it could not continue along with bodies. It does not need a body to think, make facsimiles, experience emotions, remember, or perceive. So that's important there what he says about it is immortal in that it cannot die, but it could possibly become so burdened with facsimiles that it could not continue along with bodies. Yeah. And do you know what that can be? Yeah. Ghosts. Okay. Yeah. And what's one, one thing, but it's it's very interesting. When we accumulate. It does not need a body to think, make facsimiles, experience emotions, remember, or proceed. The theta being seems natively capable of producing considerable matter, energy, space, and time energy. Facsimiles alone inhibit this ability. So the more facsimiles you have, the less energy you can produce as a theta. Google. This is why auditing works, folks. Right there is worth being said two more times, I think. Right. Yeah. Right there. What you just, what, what you, you just, will you read that again for us, please? <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. I'll say it two more times. The theta being seems natively capable of producing considerable matter, energy, space, and time energy. Facsimiles alone inhibit this ability. <laughs> okay. So one more time, the theta being seems natively capable of producing considerable matter, energy, space, and time energy, messed energy. Facsimiles alone inhibit this ability. This is why people get audited. Yeah. This is why we're- This is why their lives get better. Yeah. This is the whole point of why we're why we're here doing Scientology. That's right. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Whereas it has come to feel an association with the bad company of genetic entities in the messed universe. I'm going to read that again, and then I'm going to say something here. Whereas it has come to feel, this is the Phaeton in charge coming to feel this, in association with the bad company of genetic entities in the messed universe, that it is a stimulus response thing. It is quite capable of generating thought independently of previous effort, counter effort or experience. Now, um, we've talked about it on the podcast before about tone levels. Yep. And the way this works with tone levels is, is that if you are in a room with people who are lower toned than you, how do you get into affinity reality communication and understanding with them? you agree to drop your tone level in order to be real enough to them that they want to have something to do with you. So in other words, what Hubbard says is the higher tone selectively gives. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the point of all this? Here's the point. Your tone level is altered by the fact that you're the bus driver in this bus and you've got a bunch of clowns in the back jacking around, shooting in the head with rubber bands and making all kinds of silly noise and honking their horns and all this stuff. And you're like, God, more of this. Yeah. Right? Right. And sometimes they take a dump in the seat and you just like, come on. Right. And you're just like, God, I got to clean that up now too. Boy, that stinks. Yeah. So, and this almost literally, that's what happens with bodies. Yeah. So the point, the point is, is what, what does the body do? In, in, in line with the with our, our podcast title, y- Your Body and You. Well, your body brings you as a being, as a Thetan, the Thetan in charge, down the tone scale because you have to be in agreement with it in order to operate it properly. Yeah. Again, this takes us back to, and I'm going to say it a third time, 
The theta being seems natively capable of producing considerable matter energy space and time energy. Facsimiles alone inhibit this ability. Okay, so you got your facsimiles, the body's got it, then you've got the, the milestone one stuff going on. So it's it's a liability to be drinking the water in Mexico. Right. Basically, as an as an analog, a funny one. Yeah. To me at least. Yeah. So it, this, we'll just say too, like uh what what he just mentioned there in History of Man about uh facsimiles and getting in the way of this. The whole reason why we're doing Dynex in Scientology is to become a better skipper, to become a to learn how to be a ship's captain so that you can create matter matter, energy, space, and time. So you can make your postulates and have them stick. That's you know, right. The more That's right. the more those facsimiles that are in the way, the less adept you are as a as a skipper. But Yeah. And I I think I've got a, a pretty good analog. It would it would be sort of like you're a radio station, yeah. Okay, and your radio station because the radio station part of it is. I'm sorry to beat this to death, folks. The theta being seems natively capable of producing considerable matter, energy, space, and time. Facsimiles alone inhibit this ability. So you're the radio station, and the radio station has a certain wattage because of let's let's just say there's capacitors, uh, resistors. Excuse me, resistors on the line for its output because what is radio it is energy being sent out in the radio the electromagnetic spectrum being sent out okay so if you're on the other side of town you can't hear it maybe you're hearing another radio station that's on the same channel and it's it's difficult to hear because there's all of this resistance well the facsimiles the person's case their reactive mind both theirs and, and that of the genetic entities and, and the composite case, prevent it from having the amount of wattage that it needs in order to push out its radio program properly, which in this case, the radio program would be your intention to make a postulate or a decision and get through life and do it properly and make it manifest. Your ability to perceive the intention of others, your ability to perceive knowing this and imbue yourself into things, you don't have a high enough wattage on, on you, this radio station, in order to do this. So what do you do? You remove the resistors. That's what auditing does. Yeah. Gets rid of this crap. Right. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He says, the preclear is not guarding or harboring or hiding his theta being. He is his theta being. He is himself or herself. I mean, it doesn't matter because you're, you're not a gender as a theta. Your body has a gender. You don't. Uh, a relaxed understanding of this will prevent a considerable confusion on the part of the auditor and the preclear. If the preclear is responding rationally, he is the theta being responding. Otherwise, somebody's pushed you over on the bus with full of clowns and there's a clown at the wheel. Mm -hmm. Ergo, valences. Yeah. And you still see the uh, the terrain passing by through the windows of the bus and mm -hmm. the wheels moving, but somebody else is driving. Right. He says, as the theta being can be, quote unquote, put to sleep, it is possible to bring then to the surface a genetic entity or another entity, milestone one, using the motor controls of the body can talk or experience, but the individual himself is not usually aware of what happened then. The various strange multi-personality manifestations of the minds are occasioned by valences, there it is, and their basics, the entities. 
Ordinarily, unless the preclear is obviously insane, these subpersonalities are not distinctly units in themselves, but only color the activities of the theta being. Therefore, that's why the OCA, the personality test, shows valences so well. Mm-hmm. Hypnotism is the process of bringing into being the genetic entity or other entity by putting the theta being into unconsciousness. Self-hypnosis is the process of the theta being hypnotizing the genetic entity or other entity and setting a compulsive or inhibitive circuit with it. The auditor must know that the existence of a matter, energy, space, and time, messed body, within the fields of the theta being is incidental and even unfortunate for processing which in the absence of body goes much faster. There you go. So the body is the biggest resistor of all that you have have to deal with as a being. So that's why Dianetics is important to get those marbles that we were talking about in the an- analogy of a, just a bunch of marbles on the floor in a mess. You're putting order into disorder, one marble at a time. Okay. It goes on to say the theta being is both outside and inside the messed body. It is not just inside. The only reason it is inside at all is that any field would penetrate the messed body, the messed body, a meat body, what we have. The mass body should not be thought of as a harbor or vessel for the theta being. A better example would be a sliver, which I mentioned this earlier, a sliver inserted unwantedly in the thumb, where the thumb would be the theta being. The messed matter, energy, space, and time body, the sliver. Messed bodies are good identification tags. They generate exciting emotions. They are fun to operate at times, but they are no end of existence. Yeah, right. So, Two more paragraphs, bear with me. A theta being with its alertness restored is capable of remolding. That's you and I. We are capable of remolding the human body within its field, taking off weight here, restoring it there, changing appearance, and even height. The body can also be altered by auditing cells or the genetic entity. All in all, bodies are very easy to handle where their condition is concerned. The question is rather, are they practical? Good question. The theta being can evidently manufacture bodies or a reasonable facsimile thereof, which while they do not labor, neither do they have to be fed. Well, that's a that's a great science fiction novel yeah. right there, you know, that that type of thing. I've seen that on the track. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the most important part of all of this. To a society quite mad on the subject of messed bodies, what we're we're inhabiting right now, our listeners, most of them, I say jokingly. Very aberrated on care of the body. Quote, unquote, the foregoing may, foregoing may seem a trifle strange, and one might think the writer had to be short, slipped a cable or two in his wits. Indeed, it is very probable that critics may say so, for their reality is entirely outraged by such sudden statements. But this matter has been under investigation for a year and a half. This is written in 52. As witness, the Theta Clear on the Science and Survival Tone Scale chart, which I drew in January 1951. Now, Theta Clear, modern day, is just clear. Yeah. So, he says, now they are not so unknown, and while there is much to learn about them still, much can be stated concerning them as clear fact. Back of these statements is a two-year public record of making statements which, under grueling investigation by others, turn out to be exactly what they were said to be. For turning away from the above, try Scientology, Infinity, infinity to zero, and zero to infinity, or eight, eight thousand eight, and learn again what it is to be truly free. And hours auditing will prove it. Mm-hmm. So that it, those are the constituents 
that we deal with in a composite being from the book uh, History of Man. So these are the things that you have to deal with. So don't don't take it too personally if your body kicks up. Don't take it too personal if you 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 know you can't make your your decisions, your postulates stick, and things like that because there are a lot of other influences that you have to deal with. It's not just you, but like Hubbard says, you can't go the adverse effect of something that you understand. That's the point of this podcast is to make you well aware that you can read History of Man and it's basically, another title for the book is What to Audit from the standpoint of 1952. Okay, not not 2023. So that's, you know, so 70 plus years ago. Now, I'm not saying that that data isn't valid, but what I am saying is, is that if you understand this stuff and you realize that there there's a lot going on here in this this bus with all of these things that you're driving around. You're the owner of the bus and you're the bus driver. You need to understand that the way to get this stuff in line is to apply Dianetics and Scientology to it by co-auditing or audit, getting auditing on it, which right. is faster than co-auditing because you have to get trained on it and audit somebody else. They audit you and you audit somebody else and they audit you. I mean, that's the way to make it clear planet. If everybody took responsibility for one other person, the whole planet could be clear in six months or a year at most. But anyway, so the point is, is that you're putting order into disorder. An awful lot of disorder have a lot of things going on in the body that are in disagreement with each other and they're pulling your personal emotional tone level down and don't go into agreement with it anymore than you have to. Of course, you know, you're feeling crappy. You're feeling crappy because you're in a meat body. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And don't expect it to be to feel good on, on every, every given day. But if you want it to feel better and you want it to be you want to be exterior to it, then get some auditing, get some training, and you won't be as much of the adverse effect of it. I'm not saying that you won't entirely be the ad, adverse effect of it. But at least you know what's going on, because if you know what's going on, there's these components to it, just like there is on an electronics board. You know, you've got your your different pieces that do different things for input, for output, for processing, all of this stuff. And you're not your brain. No. And KRC, knowledge, responsibility, control. And I have control over that body. That's right. And that's what this is about. Knowledge, responsibility, and control. The responsibility there is the skipper to to not put the ship in danger where you might be putting influences there for the uh the rest of the crew that could aberrate the um the whole thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. You you don't you don't don't want the, the, the engine room operator or the cook navigating the ship. Right. They don't they don't they don't know how to read charts. Exactly. Yeah, and uh yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you you have to it's, you know, that's, that's the interesting thing with this is that no, nobody gets an email or a registered letter or, uh, you know, a handbook, you know, like in, uh, Beetlejuice, they have a handbook for the dead, <laughs> you know, to let you know what, what, the, what is this thing being dead? You know, what can you do? What can you not do? And all this stuff. Well, in this case, what can you do? And what can you not do in the physical universe in a meat body? and what you're going to experience. You don't get a handbook. Well, guess what? You do. 
Right. It's called Scientology and Dianetics. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is why it's important to understand this stuff. And it's v even more important to understand that the technology from 1950 forward improved. That's not to say that, the, that this technology, uh, you know, it, it did get changed, but it was because it went back to basics and more things were found out, more things were researched, more things were found out. And these things got codified to the degree that Hubbard said, okay, now, now we have it. And you can see that all the time in the lectures. Now we have it. And then a couple of days later, now we have it. Because he didn't know what he didn't know right? in these lectures. So if you listen to a lecture from 1954 and he's saying, do this, don't do this. And then in 1963, he says, well, do this, don't do this. And it's the opposite of what he said in 54. And then 1973, he says, do this, don't do this. And it's the opposite of, of, of 60, 64 and 53 and 54. Well, that's because new data came upon the scene and now we have a much better understanding and an accurate picture of it and what we have now is an accurate version of scientology and some would beg to differ and they'd say well you know hubbard didn't do this hubbard hubbard didn't change this this was changed by somebody else and I'm, well i mean that's why we exist as as an organization is is you know leave that to us we'll let you know and if, if somebody disagrees with it well okay then you don't have to do that that sort of thing but you know we feel that this is what you need to do on this yeah and it's, it's better than anything else out there yeah, yeah. you you were not going to find anything like this anywhere else um the most most of the other uh practices that exist out there are so far from the target as far as being able to do something like just everything that you read there at the beginning of history of man where he talks about the injected entities he talks about the genetic entities and all of that or a singular genetic entity in that book at least you're not going to find anything like that anywhere else. They're still going to be talking about your brain this, your brain that. Mm -hmm. you know, or if it's not from a spiritual approach, it's just going to all say the same thing. If we all need to love each other and become one, you know, it's like you'll either find one or the other. You'll either find <laughs> right. a very spiritual thing where you end up like we did the podcast about, are we all one with the universe? Nope. That's another <laughs> aberration. Or you are your body is the other one you'll find. And there's, there's all the, the yoga, there's all those things that'll go down tangents and everything that'll lead you somewhere off on the side of the road, uh, so far from being able to get anywhere with your case. Right. Yeah. And that, and, and that's the, that's the thing is, is it comes down to the, the, the accurate data. And then once you have the accurate data, finding out that it's true for you. Yeah. And you know, some of this data, like we're reading about in history of man, it, you know, it's, it's, you, you you have to take his word for it on some of this stuff, but I mean, eventually, and I can assure our listeners that what he's talking about there are actual factual concepts. I've I've witnessed it myself, both in auditing with another auditor and in my solo audit. And he's he's not making this stuff up. This is the case, right? So, I hope you guys enjoyed our your body and you, and basically a uh, breakdown of the constituents that make up the universe that you operate, eat your lunch, work, sleep, uh, enjoy life, uh, despise life, all of that and is your ship, your bus. And we hope this has cleared up some of these things. Jason, did you have anything you wanted to add before we depart? Oh no, this is just excellent. And if anybody wants to find the milestone one lectures 
we've got them over on what on the on SoundCloud and is it also on the AOGP website? Um, it's on the AOGP website. Those the milestone one. It's going to be fifty one and uh, year 1951 in the multimedia library, which is um, on the website, or you can find them on our SoundCloud. They're both one and the same. They're just embedded from SoundCloud. Yeah, and then uh, History of Man, What's Audit is also there too, right? Yep, it sure is. So, yeah, there's four four lectures on the the History of Man lectures. Mm -hmm. I I forget where they come from, but... um, they're really great they're really great lectures too yeah yeah those are those are excellent i think those are also what 1952 or 51 yeah i think they're 52 they're right around the same time as milestone one yeah great so if you if you want to find our website it's ao hyphen or dash gp a is an apple o is an oscar hyphen g is in george p is in paul dot org o-r-g and then you can go to the multimedia library and drill down to find the lectures and references and everything else. If you have any questions, please fire us off an email and contact us at the bottom right-hand corner of the website. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow for another podcast. Be well, namaste, and we love you guys. Bye-bye.